This is the Original Judah Podcast. Welcome to the show. Back with another great interview for you in a moment, guys. Uh, you may have noticed that we are Sun's Music this week. Couldn't for the life of me get the, the file to open. I think I've, I've managed to delete it, break it somehow. So rather than download it again and, and go through the rigmarole of editing it again, I think it's probably a good time to get some new music for the the intro and the outro. So if anyone out there has any suggestions, I'm open to anything. So Or if you think we're, we're fine without uh, the intro the outro music, let me know. Anyway, share the love. We're on iTunes, Stitcher and Podbean. So go let your friends know, share and retweet. And on with the show. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast. Today we're joined by, he's a London Olympian. He's got a bronze from the Commonwealth Games. Um, I'm hoping that he is my great white buffalo because he's also double Oceania champion. We've got Jake Andrew Arthur. How you doing, Jake? Very good, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. First, thanks for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate you giving up your time. Um, could you, yeah, could you get started by telling us kind of how you got into judo and? Um, yeah, and then maybe telling, talking us through some of the highlights of your career. No problem at all. No, thanks for having me. Um, look, I, I started uh, judo when I was nine years old. Um, I'd just moved to a very small country town in South Australia, um, Tumby Bay, which my friend, I think, still has a population of around 1,800 people, something like that. Um, so, yeah, pretty obscure place to kind of start out, especially seeing, like, judo in Australia is such a – minority kind of sport so the chances of me kind of finding it in such a small town um was pretty pretty small but um it just seemed to happen that way um growing up i never really um was never interested in i guess team sports or um what's really popular especially in say country south australia is um australian rules football um yeah it's like generally if what happened because I never really had that much interest in it from a young age, and what's generally considered for everyone of, of uh, you know, since they're about three years old, they're kicking a footy. And um, when I actually went to try and start playing football, because I'd never really done any of it beforehand, it was generally considered I wasn't very good at it. So because no one really had took the time to kind of sit down with me and show me from the ground up what to do, um, I guess I, I never. That's what really never. That's why I never really connected with any of those kind of things like that. But with judo, when I started, you know, yeah, it is for everybody. You know, you're showing every step of the way from that, and I really connected with it, and really enjoyed it, and um, just I guess trying to just carried on from there. And um, I was in Tumby Bay until I was about um, 16 years old, and I moved to Adelaide, um, which is the the capital for South Australia, um, just to try and. Um, I guess get better training where I could because where I was in um, <laughs> when I was in Tumby Bay, my training partner for the majority of those years was a, a 66 kilo player, and I, you know, at at my age, at oh, God, I was, wow, you know, right. 11 or 12 years old, I was pushing 120 <laughs> kilos. So yeah, it wasn't always the best. So, yeah, so I've been a big boy for a long time, which is funny. Like I'm actually much probably smaller now than I was <laughs> back then. So it's <laughs> funny thing how things come full circle. Um, I was going to ask, so I called you my great white buffalo. I think I am maliciously spreading a rumour. Uh-oh. Somewhere there is an Australian athlete who basically the majority of their early training was done in their sheds with <laughs> um, like a throwing dummy. And I've said this to pretty much everyone I've spoken to. I'm sure I've heard someone tell me this. But I said I spoke to Matt DeQuino and I spoke to. Um, yeah, that's you, you definitely to? that you're definitely on the right to track. I spoke to the guys. Um, is it you? Is it are you my great white buffalo? I'm your I'm you your great me? white buffalo. <laughs> there you go. I, I had no idea that kind. Of, oh, I haven't heard that rumor being spread for years. I I, I used to hear <laughs> it all. Like I used to like pull ties through paddocks and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, is it I'll, based in truth? I'll, is that right? There, there's, a, there's definitely truth to it, but there's also some of it's been uh, greatly exaggerated, but that's how good stories go, I guess. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, I guess, well, cause that's what, like I said before, my training partners 
what I had made up for me at some stage was this, um, I guess there's a lot more advanced ones but uh, around these days, but a very crude um, throwing doll, I guess. So, you know, just, um, so we used to chuck a gear on it and it was quite heavily weighted and that's, you know, that used to be my training partner at times. So <laughs> um, I, I didn't have, I didn't train on an actual proper mat area as my full-time thing until I was, yeah, 17 years old. So, like, we used to have um, wow. foam foam mats with um, this canvas dragged over top of it. So, you know, you could think how, like, how soft that is and how much, you know, how much you dig in. Yeah. So that's why my um, my foot sweeps have never been the best. <laughs> <laughs> if I have a, um, if, I, if I was better at podcasts, I'd have, like, some kind of siren going off when I actually put the recording out because I'm, I'm I'm very happy that I found you, you found, found me. You. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm happy for you. I can't believe that that's been. Some, <laughs> uh, that's really funny. Is that is that the case for maybe not a lot of athletes from I guess Australia? Because um, I do guess a lot of them come from the major cities. But are there people who come through again from that similar circumstance where there is tiny tiny villages where they. Oh, there, there def, def, definitely does, but I look. I'm behind a bit behind the eight ball now, but I'm definitely one of the more unique cases from memory, anyway. From especially just from how isolated I was, say, because like where I was on the west coast, there was um was seven hours at the minimum out of Adelaide, so. In terms of distance from what's the nearest best kind of training center, I definitely think I, I want it. You know, you, you can fly from where I was to, to Adelaide. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think anyone's from has been from as as small a place as I have been, and then went on to I, don't know, I guess marginal success. So, um, right. uh, so yeah, but it, it's definitely a thing in um, in Australia, and that's I, I think one of our big problems. Um, I guess just trying to to grow is because of our isolation, not not uh, just from where we are as a country to try and go to uh, um, the other competitions and whatnot, but even in our own country to get together and train because it's you know it's a seven hour drive in in the UK is pretty much you've done the whole um, done the whole place really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. you've gone from tip to toe. Yeah, yeah. you you talk about. Um... You're quite modest about your results, but you've 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 been to the Olympics. You've come away with the Commonwealth Games bronze. You've you've been Oceania champion and multiple national champion. Talk us through some of the highlights of your kind of judo career, be it results or just other experiences. I, I think because you kind of turned back time. I mean, I'm kind of trying to put myself in where I was mindset back then, what my goals were, and I guess my you know my, the biggest thing for me ever was most probably. Um, to represent Australia for the very first time, which I was lucky enough to do when I was fourteen, um, and that's oh, wow. yeah, that that started um, with uh, I, I'm not sure if the competition's still going, but um, there's a under 15s comp in Japan called um, the Kindai Cup. Um, okay. uh, yeah, it's, and they invite um, only a certain amount of countries to kind of come across and um, do it. Um, and I don't, I'm not sure if they, because I think after the global financial crisis, they don't invite as many anymore or anything like that. But that was the very first thing I was lucky enough to do. And that kind of really started my career in wanting to kind of push further. I think um, that was me at the time was my biggest goal. And then I guess as we all do, we set little increments of what we want to do and you realise something you've done some of them without acknowledging it sometimes. So, but really, the, the the end goal was, I guess, to um, to compete in the Olympics um, and hopefully do really well there. Which, unfortunately, I, I didn't do. But um, you know, that's I think uh, getting there was it was most probably definitely my biggest accomplishment. Cool. That's very cool. Um... I think yeah, you, you you can't ever take away that the fact you've been to to an Olympics. Um, it kind of moves us on to kind of what I wanted to, to talk about now is you. Did you go through two Olympic cycles or three Olympic cycles? Were you in the running for Beijing as well? No, I was. I was. Um, I would have been. 
yeah, I think I was around eighteen, seventeen then. So I was um, Samir Pepic. Um, still had definitely had the the reins um, of the over one hundred kilo division then. Um, the man, <laughs> he's awesome. Um, uh, so yeah, I still nowhere near the the kind of um, the Beijing kind of cycle. But I, I did try for the Rio Olympic cycle, which um, unfortunately I was unsuccessful on. Right. Okay. So how was um, how was that London cycle for you? Good. good. Like um, I think it it, it had a definitely had some ebb and flows um like around two, 2010 i much probably consider one of my better um result-based years um in judo and as much probably when i was most probably carrying my um most confidence as a player um which is a massive thing and it's also most probably a um reoccurring thing throughout my career is, is confidence um um, where 2011, I suffered more, much probably my first more uh, serious injuries, um, and then trying to fight back, back from that, and then just um, I guess roll closer of what happened at the games, and then trying to come back from that and on forth. So, but um, 2010, I was you know I, I, that was my very first world championships. Um, that was my first. Uh, I think that was my first national title win um just yeah there was a lot of just good results and i don't think i've replicated a year like that since so um i hope carried that momentum to a lot of 2011 then injured myself at uh those national championships i did a at a grade three ac shoulder joint um i think i was on my my right one yeah that was and my first comp back from that was actually a paris World Championship, so because you know, you know how we are as you know, if you, if you if you have surgery or anything like that, that takes you out too long. So every injury I've ever had, I've never had surgery on because would have meant too much time out of the sport for the qualification cycle. So there's a few instances where that happens, and I've had to try and bounce back. So you know, you most probably amount of time that wasn't much probably the smartest. So yeah, that one especially. Uh, um, I don't know, actually, I don't know if it was it my shoulder that I think it was my shoulder that I came back from, but that was my first. Um, that was my first competition back um, at Paris. So, um, <laughs> like, like all judo players, you, you end up with so many injuries, you you lose track of uh, what's hurting at what time. Yeah, a little bit. I, I touch wood, really, though. Like in comparison, I'm I'm a lot better, well off than a lot of guys. Like especially for a big guy, I have. Luckily, have had no um, lower body injuries, like no knees or anything like that as of yet. So, I think I was quite lucky just to cop it on the upper half of the body. How um, how was that final running for the games? As basically someone coming from for us over here in the UK, the other side of the world, um, that final running for you, were you based pretty much abroad the last six months before London? Or? Yeah, essentially, um, like our team, like you know how it is for um, for judo with um, the Olympic game cycle. Uh, teams and that aren't really confirmed until quite late compared to other sports. So I think it's pretty much it was pretty much I think we like it was three months beforehand or two months like beforehand. The yeah, the mail something something like that. Yeah, well, my memory shot on it. Um, but yeah, and we. Just went straight to it from there. I think my first, there was yeah, just a, a big stint. The first trip being to Japan, I was there with Mark Anthony, and we were there with um, we were training with the Fukuoka Police. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, that, that's much probably. I still to this day, I reckon it's much probably one of the hardest and um, more most beneficial places I've ever trained at. And um, not as well known, definitely not as well known as compared to other places. I mean, you just you know chuck out a toka or something like that but um yeah because they're all you know it's 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 what you know like a lot of places obviously they just do judo for living so it's it's good just to be around that you know where um or other times where when we've done it we're obviously not making a living off of it so you see how it's actually you know done from that kind of perspective um we were yeah. there, went to um, Spain afterwards for, uh, I can never say it properly, the Castellafelds. Uh, that was my very <laughs> first one as well. And that's, yeah, that's definitely an eye-opener. That's, a, that's I reckon, still one of the best um, camps going around. Um, 
the camp or yeah the camp yeah the camp to yeah and rock out on the beach there are a, a, bit, a bit of both yeah it's good to get um beaten up and then go uh, go have a swim straight after so um especially that because that that was it was just before the timing of it was just before the olympic games and you you know just being on the mat you'd see a lot of matchups what would actually happen at the london games and just how hard everyone's going that's that was you know that was pretty cool um and then i was based in um birmingham at the i guess it's but that's the national training center for you guys now in um in uh, Walsall, in Walsall, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. Right. We, uh, Australia, we, we were based in Walsall before we actually went into the village. So um, yeah, we, that's. I think I was the first one to get there because like some of the other guys had the, they had different schedules. I think some went to Hungary, um, and then Mark before I, when I and when I went to Walsall, Mark went to Paris. Um, yeah, so I was on my own for a little bit until everyone else caught up with me, and then we were based there for a bit, which was really good. Um, had um, Fitz on my case every day. Uh, Fantastic! Fitz is uh, Fitz is my uh, my coach. Yes, I know, I know, no, no, no. I, I heard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think we ever talked about Fitz together once with them, but yeah, he's uh, definitely a, 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 a general. <laughs> no, yeah. knows how to command the crowd. He leads his troops. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 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 Dave Elmore as well. They're all really, um, yeah. really, yeah. They're, they're lovely for us, and they they did a really good job looking after us there. And uh, trained with the, my, I think my main training partner was Zviad. Do you know, do you, oh, yeah, guys, yeah, yeah, I know Zviad as well. Yeah, yeah, Jeez, um, no, that's and and yeah. Big Phil. Be- He's a handful as well. Yeah, um, oh. Big Phil. Before I think um, he was still oh, he was only a pup then. Um, yeah, and he was a bloody handful. So. Um, I don't know, you buddy annihilate me now, but um, yeah. So I had some really good training partners and just a really good setup there. And I think that was a bit of a precursor before what would actually happen at Walsall, how it turning into the actual training center that it is now. So cool. Oh no, man. So then, um, kind of going into the games, um, how did you find like the games life before you fought? Because you fought in the seventh. Or eighth day, did you get a chance to like relax? Did you get a chance to enjoy everything that was going on? Yeah, um, I didn't do like I, I didn't do too much before um, I fought. Like I didn't go out and I, I, don't know, I think I didn't anyway. I didn't really watch any sports or anything <laughs> like that. I just kind of kept myself. I I don't. I definitely at the time don't think I was um, had the mental maturity for what happened at the time. Okay. So yeah, just that, that experience. Um, this, I, you know, I, I, this, it, you know, as we all know, it's it's a lot of pressure, and for the especially um, coming from Australian judo, you know, it's the first time that you, you know, all of a sudden you've actually got attention, and you have some kind of you know real high expectations on yourself. So, I guess I I, I most probably didn't balance that um, very well, um, and I get yeah, and like as anyone that's ever done Olympics, there's nothing like it. Like there's a lot of things that can try and kind of replicate it, but the actual games itself, it's just an atmosphere you can't, um, can't really describe. People always ask, you know, always ask if one word you can kind of describe an Olympics. I always say it's surreal. Yeah. And it's, it's over before you know it. So I guess it's just, and trying to kind of concentrate before that, you know, and get ready before your moment's over. It's, it's all really hard. So how did you feel, uh, looking back, and how did you feel at the time with the draw that you were given? Obviously, um, anyone listening, if you don't know, you ended up against the GB's Chris Sherrington. Um, and again, you obviously now know the result, but how did you feel getting that draw? Um, oh, oh well, it, was, it was good. Like, I had fought um, Chris before, uh, or was it t- Tasty, as he's better known as? Big Tasty, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, We'd fought each other before, and it's definitely something I've, you know, since since last time I'd seen myself um, improve, you know, a fair bit, um, and is you know something. It's definitely what you'd, you know, a kind of more of a draw. You kind of hopefully you can really go out there and you know, not not you know, not set with such you know a super impossible task at first, but um, uh, but then it comes in the question why. I guess what we said before about confidence. I guess going even into the games, I was, you know I still had questions of myself if I deserved to be there. 
all these kind of things like and I guess that's part of the I guess, modesty or just you know I'm a pretty timid bloke at times so a, a big combination of all those I guess kind of led to a big downfall there um but you know it's the Olympics every fight's tough you know like it's there's no there's no easy fights at the games so um that wouldn't matter who it is but um I really it, it was all on me that day and re- I I was a deer in the headlights essentially that's why I think the best way to describe it was how um how was it going out in front of that crowd because in I guess in in many respects you probably don't want the hometown favorite in front of a huge crowd but at the same time you don't get a crowd like that anywhere else no uh, it, from, from my own personal experience it was insane going out in front of that many people it's it's a it's a def- the other person on the other end of it it's a it's a deafening thing um you know i guess one of the game plans was going into it hoping it would be work in our favor because you know if we, if you feel under pressure of the home crowd it might be a, a good thing but you know it's, it just makes people rise above and especially someone like Chris, who, you know, he, very got, a guy with big confidence um, yeah. in his abilities. Um, I guess it just was only going to rise him so much more. So, um, yeah, it's – it's. I, I, I still remember the pins and needles that I had. It just felt like I wasn't even walking on, on, on the ground. Was, <laughs> oh, yeah. No. yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. Oh, so, um, obviously, out of the games, you get a lot of, like, really enduring images. Um, and I – I saw this article. Um, oh, yeah, I know, I know the one you're talking about. But, yeah, like, an athlete in tears at the Olympics is one of those enduring, kind of iconic moments, as it were. How how did that feel, like, coming home and seeing that picture following the Olympics? Like, you, you're a big bloke, you're six foot five, you're, I don't know, 120, 130 kilos. Did, did, did people talk about it? Or? Yeah, um, I, I know in, in our media anyway, it was one of the things that popped up as one of the, um, the images. Um, I guess I've like, you know, like it was a top 10 or some kind of stuff. Like we've just, you know, kind of capturing moments and that was on there at one stage, you know, just showing the different emotions that all the different athletes go through. And those, my moment was one of the ones that was captured. Um, I think the big, you know, people wonder why, like, Try and understand what was most probably going through my head at the time, and most probably for me, my the biggest thing was just um, not being able to show what I'm actually capable of. Because it's you know, if you lose or whatever, that's all well good enough. If if you've given the chance, you know, if you've been able to do something to the best of your abilities, what can you do? You've done your best. There's nothing more you can do. But for me, the biggest regret was most probably not being able to showcase on that stage for most probably my family and country really um what i was actually able to do um because I, I still don't that's definitely not not my defining kind of fight if you know what i mean that doesn't represent me as who i am was was as a judoka really so um yeah. that that's that's the hardest part really so um just not not even trying not even be able to yeah do the best that you can do so yeah no i i, I... I totally get that, and I, I think, yeah, you go into an Olympics with, like you say, I think varying degrees of confidence because you've got there, you, you're living your dream, I guess, as it were, and then, your dream is no one goes to the Olympics, and doesn't in the back of their head go, what if? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. What if I came home with that medal. What do you not? Know, and yeah, so. I do. I think I get. I get what you're saying. So coming out, coming out of London, um, what was the what was the next goal? Um, obviously, you competed in Glasgow, but was that the target, or were you already looking to Rio? Uh, um, like I said, I, I never looked too far ahead. Glasgow was definitely the next um, the next step, um, and obviously, most of it would have been trying to be in a um, a tour of redemption for myself, I guess, because of after after the Olympics, so. Um, I really, you know, just, I wanted, um, to have that moment again, but able to actually showcase what I wasn't able to do at the Olympics. That was much my biggest goal for myself. Um, so it was pretty much because I think straight after the Olympic games, I was back, I was back in, in the UK and I did a small, um, uh, UK tour of, um, a bunch of your, um, like national level, um, competitions. 
Um, I think I did Heart of uh, – so, yes, because Heart of England, which is in Birmingham oh, – no, in, in Walsall, sorry, um, and um, Welsh Open, that was only a couple of weeks after the game. So I was at home for a little bit, and then I went straight back out there. So just to – Oh, wow. Yeah, to, to get, get back on the horse. So um, – and though, that was much more one of my most beneficial times um, in my career, and just in terms of, like – Again, ebb and flows because the confident, you know, just how I fought that tour and everything like that was most probably one of the better times in my career. And, um, cool. Yeah, in, in terms of training and whatnot. So. Cool. So um, coming into Glasgow, um, what were your hopes and expectations for? for um, I guess my my, my most probably my um, it was definitely to make a final, um, and pretty much to get my rematch. Really. <laughs> Uh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, against Chris, um, and didn't quite pan out that way. Um, but the, the, the few factors went into that, like the um, definitely the, the biggest thing with the Com Games I was happy with is just um, just how much more mental strength I was able to show. And a bit, I think I my of how what helped my performance at the Commonwealth Games. Um, a big part of it was due to my experience from the Olympics because I was able to experience just a similar event itself. You know, you know how it is like this going through the whole, um, I guess, with media attention, um, just the the atmosphere of the of the village, um, having expectations on yourself, and all of all varying degrees. Um, that was a massive factor, and I think why I was able to fight okay at the games. Um, uh, one thing that did happen that not many know about um, was I actually did my left shoulder um, at Castelda Fells just before the Commonwealth Games. Um, I, I did a grade three, oh, no. a grade three tear on my left hand shoulder. Uh, I think it was a week or two weeks before. I managed to, like, compared to the um, when I did it the first time, I wasn't able to fight after that, but I fought through Com Games before, <laughs> you know, with it. So. Yeah. Um, that was a massive hurdle to overcome, and I think that's most probably, yeah, that's where I was able to prove to myself. I I did have a degree of mental toughness to kind of try and bounce back from and get through that kind of um ordeal. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, and then we we happy with the result at the end of the day because you you came away with a bronze medal at the Com- Commonwealth Games, and I think as as judo players, it's easy to look at Worlds or Olympic Games as the main focus, but then, obviously, I missed out on the commies, and just being there in the crowd, there was nothing I wanted more than to be on that mat with a chance to fight for a Commonwealth medal. It, it was huge. Possibly that's because I was a, a like a, I was in Sc- living in Scotland at the time. I was wanting to represent Scotland, but... Yeah, well, because I know, I know you made the team, but, you, like, yeah, you, you'd hurt yourself as well. I, I could... Was, that was right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. About the same same period of time. So, yeah, and I don't know. I just kind of did my best to hide it, really. So, um, uh, with hindsight, are you pleased with the result? Yeah, no, I am definitely because, it, like, it, and it, forever it will be my probably my defining result now. Um, especially in Australia, where people have no idea what judo is. Um, and you're just able, the first two things you're able just to blab out to kind of get people an understanding of what you've been able to do. I say, oh, yeah, c- competed at the Olympics and medal at the Com Games. I go, oh, yeah, well, that's pretty cool. I'm like, yeah, no. So, definitely, look, it was the last thing I thought um, I thought I'd be doing or would be able to accomplish coming from such small beginnings. Um, and trying to, when I was able, when I finished up my career, that's something I was kind of able to um, dwell on and, have a think and realize how far I had actually come. So, look, it, it's still it's definitely my my biggest um my moment of that you know I guess in the, in the crazy yeah, career that I've had. So, mate, it's an amazing result. You should definitely be proud of it. I think it's really really cool. So, um, as we record this, obviously there's a Commonwealth Games going on at the moment, um, in your neck of the woods, I, I guess probably the other side of. The country, which might be a thousand miles for you, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's a Queensland's a fair <laughs> distance from Victoria. So disappointed, there's no Judo in it. Oh, but definitely, yeah, complete. Like it, it, it's really disappointing that every time that um 
there's been a Commonwealth Games in Australia. There's n- hasn't been a hint of judo. Um, oh, wow. I th- yeah, like I, I, I don't think there hasn't been a recorded games where there's been judo as an event, which is good from 2022 onwards. It's a it's a permanent event. I think Glasgow was a big big factor of why that is the case now. Um, but it's the type of thing where I think I actually might have might have stuck around for it, like really? okay. to, to, to like as you know to get the hometown. Like you know, everyone wants to be able to do it in front of their hometown. I I hear stories from from you know my coach Daniel Kelly of him competing at Sydney Olympics and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. And, and or you had the same um, sort of thing at London. You know, like it's it's you, you can't replicate the hometown kind of feel. And I just wanted that behind me for once, you know, because there's not very many opportunities where we even have a competition of a certain, of a grand scale in judo in Australia. So I definitely would have been something I would have wanted, but um, yeah, it just isn't to be, unfortunately. Well, ultimately you, I guess, did switch to wrestling, which is a <laughs> sport, but you switched to a different kind of wrestling. I sure did. Um, so you are... Yeah, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. So, currently, yeah, so I'm a, uh, an active professional wrestler. Yeah, it's something I've always had a massive, massive interest in. Um, I've uh, cops a few, um, a few scoffs or, um, you know, a few sneakers behind my back or it would be, you know, guys that are up front that actually love it. But, um, I, yeah, it's, for me, it's just been super enjoyable. Um, I think I'm I'm coming into my second year um, since having my uh, first match in 2016. Um, that's pretty much what I sunk all my time into after once I um, retired from um, judo in competition wise anyway in in 2016. Um, and been very lucky enough to had some massive opportunities already. Um, it's a lot different, obviously, from um, judo where this, the best guy. Um, wins and and goes on to have the success. It, there's a, a bunch of different factors in what goes into into professional wrestling, but that's that's why I guess I guess I love it because it's just um, there's always something to work towards as well, and it's kind of satisfied my um, competitive nature. Um, you know that only you know certain things can bring you know like as all as all uh, you know you know because you we're all a bit toey and we you know doesn't matter. Um, what we do, we always try. We try and uh, tackle something with the best of our abilities. So, mate, I think it's super exciting. Like, so I was a massive wrestling fan as a kid, and I still kind of loosely follow. Oh, really? Like, okay. WrestleMania. Yeah. You know, um, how obviously your, your your character's got a very cool look, Street Fighter based look, I guess. Yep. Um, did you come up with that with yourself, or was it based on something? Um, yeah, and then like, that's the best thing about it. It's a, it's a bit of a collaborative process because not everything's just your idea. There's, there's, it's just like judo itself. You have, you know, there's coaches, there's your peers that all help you and stuff like that. And yeah, it's a, you all have different ideas and what can work for each other. Um, and that's just one of the things we, you know, obviously you're going to go work with your um, uh, positives and try and hide the negatives if you know what I mean. So we went with. What we knew, and um, it's kind of a cool look. Um, it's a bit of a different story. I think you're looking at some of the older stuff now. Like at, at the uh, at the current stage, I'm a bit of a bit of a naughty guy. So, um, <laughs> my, oh, you're a heel. Oh, I'm a heel yeah. at the moment. So, um, and that and that in itself is also really fun because you know, as if anyone's had any kind of experience with me, I, I'm generally a, a pretty pretty nice guy and I, 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 even if I try my hardest I can't really be too too mean but this gives me a big chance to kind of gives you another chance to be someone who you aren't really are so which is all you know a big load of fun so you know, I'm really having a, a ball with it at the moment mate I love it so what, what's been the kind of story behind you so I've, I've seen the promo training video you cut with is it Big Ali Big Ali yeah that's right um, yeah yeah which I I love that. I thought that was really funny. That 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 was that was that was our um because Ali has been a um a nemesis and currently he's my tag team partner. So um we've had a Fantastic. bit of a big history already and that was the first kind of step of our journey. Um we uh yeah, that was like documenting just cuz we couldn't get along. Um 
and not work together. So that was we used a bit of judo at one stage to try and to try and find a bond to be able to work as a team. Um, because he's a he's a bit of a, a thuggish kind of fella from the streets, so I thought I'd kind of show him my world and see how I operate, and he might hopefully he could have some respect for that. Um, and and he kind of um, there's another video there where he showed me his kind of life. There's been a you know a, a guy on the door and just sealing you know the kind of rough kind of people he has to deal with. So I can understand where he's from. Mate, I love it. I love the story, and it was funny yeah. as well, which is great. Yeah. Um, how what, your style is it? Is it largely based on judo? Like I've seen a couple of the highlight reels. I see a lot of Ogoshis as the guys jumping off the top rope. Yeah, yeah. Um, I de- definitely a lot of judo. I think like that's been a big thing. Like why uh, with trying to have an idea of where I want to go with professional wrestling. Um, What's the point, I guess, of being like everyone else and being able to do wrestling moves, stick to what I know, which obviously you don't see a lot of in wrestling, and that's going to help me stand out more. Um, but it has been a bit of a struggle because like like with uh, anything, you want to try and do things the proper way. So I, I, I sometimes kind of fell into the trap of um, wanting to be a bit more of a professional wrestler than the judoka in the ring, if you know what I mean. So... Yeah. I can't almost. No, I, I didn't. I didn't completely um, step away from the judo style, but I've definitely kind of come back to it and um, made it a bit more gritty. I, I was trying to be a bit too pretty with certain techniques, but now I'm just you know trying to do what what you do in a fight really, and just whatever works and whatever can get you the upon really. So it's amazing how many similarities there are between the two. Man, I cannot tell you enough. There's so much. There's so much stuff. You're like, no way. This is this this is a studio like it's just yeah yeah oh not just with the physical. It's been hard for you to cross over. Um, it has because some some of the things um like that's just muscle memory I can't get over. So um like with the rolls and stuff like that they have all their breakfalls and stuff like that but they have a lot of stuff. It's a lot more a lot more visual. So it's like like you know how we always tuck our shoulders and stuff like that to one side when we roll or stuff like that. Where wrestling it's all very forward so there's no like you don't dip one shoulder to roll backwards and that they go straight over their head. So it's a lot because it because it, uh, yeah. it, it, it makes your roll a lot more straight. If you know because yeah. you have because where your trajectory go like it's very important because that stops a lot of injuries because you have to be able to have a you know straight lines with some of the roll. And for me, yeah. it's so bloody hard to not. Yeah, to fall back onto old habits. Yeah, and it, it's, and it's becomes quite like you know I have to manually think about it, which is as you know is never a good thing. So um, it's it's just the small stuff because like like trying to punch people without punching them is so bloody hard. I hate ah <laughs> oh, like it's it's so hard, man. The um strikes and stuff that's the stuff I find hardest. Like I did some of that last night. And, Man, I sconed my partner so hard, like it's oh, like he copped a couple knuckles to the forehead. It was oh man, I'm sorry, but it's yeah, it's <laughs> it's like I think you'll see that if you see Ronda's match, um, yeah. you'll see that all like when it comes to the moves and stuff like that, it looks is really good, um, and a lot of people won't notice the stuff I'm about to say, but you you can tell where she's thinking of when the next spot of the match is. And that's that's something you cannot hide until you had more matches. And it's not that you can train like train and train and train and train and train and train. And it's something you can't get rid of until you're out there and doing it. So she will only get better. She did a fucking awesome job. Um, but yeah. it's just it, it, the hardest. I've not I've not seen it, but I've heard a lot of people say that for a, like a debut performance, it was incredible. Oh, and to be in front of that crowd in your debut, oh my god! Like I had, fuck, I had five hundred people or something like that in, in mine. Like there's not that's the rest. Of, that was, Shit, that was, even so. yeah, but that, yeah, but that was yeah. Well, I, I'm lucky just because the company that I'm with, they yeah, they have already quite a massive fan base. So um, but that was seventy odd thousand people. She was in front of, so that was it was fucking insane. So yeah, she's she's done a good, awesome job. But um, and like I said, yeah, she'll find her style and find what works for her. So because that's the hard, like the hardest part has been, yeah, it's like being a hybrid of like wrestling and judo. 
And I guess with her, it's going to be more MMA as well. So, um, do you want to end up with Ronda in WWE? Yeah. Um, oh, definitely. That's always always <laughs> been a goal. Like, I, I, it's it's like if you do anything really, you always try and look at the the the, the top kind of um, thing you can aim for, and um, you'd be silly not to really. Like, even though I'm doing this as a bit of fun, that's always the end goal. Like doing judo, you know, it's fun at the beginning, but yeah, you know, we all want to get the get to the games. Um, so, yeah, like, I'll, I'll, I'll actually stay, I, this is the first time I've kind of said it publicly, like on a, um, I guess for, like, if you know me personally, everyone's going to know, but, um, I was actually lucky enough to get a, um, tryout with WWE at the NXT, um, when, oh, when, when they, when they visited Melbourne a couple of years ago, it was pretty, yeah, like, I, it was pretty fresh, like, I'd only just begun, really, so, um, I was, I think, I was two matches in before having it. I was really lucky to get the opportunity. The circumstances kind of happened beforehand for me to get there. wasn't really meant to happen, but it kind of did. Um, and yeah, I've, yeah, I was lucky, very lucky to have the opportunity. And since then, I was lucky enough to have a um, also a, another tryout for um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is generally considered the the number two. Um, um, company in the world as well um and yeah look like nothing's come of it yet but um those are massive things i guess to have on your wrestling resume which i've been super super fortunate to have already um and yeah look i never really expected too much to happen really especially for the amount of experience i've had already because i mean i'm only a year and a bit out um of you know since actually having matches so um i'm just happy that i was able to do it but um hopefully some more things can happen down the road. Mate, that sounds super exciting. It really, really does. And it's, it's great to hear how excited you are about it as well. It's really cool. Yeah, oh, that's a, that, that's a massive thing. Like, it's, um, you know, it keeps you motivated, like, and it's, you know, it, it, things are always easier to do when you, you know, you're excited to do it. So it has helped out heaps. Cool. So um, reaching the end of, the the podcast now so i'm gonna ask you a i guess a couple of my my standard questions if that's okay um so i like to get everyone who comes on the show to kind of give me a um a couple of matches that kind of they feel represents judo but not just judo i want one of the matches would be awesome if you could let me know what you think is your kind of best match if someone to watch it were to watch it, they would say, yeah, that's Jake, Andrew, Arthur. And then another one that you found, like, super inspirational. And then finally, on your new career, yeah, is there a, is there a match as well? well? We'll go three for you, Jake. Is there a match uh, as well? What <laughs> do you think really sums up your wrestling style at the moment? Well, two of those questions are real easy for me. One of them is really hard. Um, easily the most inspirational fight for me, which is, on a personal level, um, as being someone from Australia, um, there are a few. One, especially for me, was um, Mark Anthony's fight um, against uh, Lipitiliani at the London Games, or generally considered as one of the biggest upsets of all time. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. Uh, oh, that was huge. Was, was that the Uranagi? That was Uranagi, yeah. Um, yeah. For us as a country, obviously, you know. Australia, we don't always, we don't always have our moments in the judo world, and that's a, that was a massive moment for us. And that kind of you know it was able to showcase you know we are capable as well, and, and it's always been there because um, I, I think what he was not, the number one seed or number two seed at the time, and I, I guess they would he would have just seen right past Mark, and yeah, they were able just the heart he showed in that fight. I think. A lot of um, a lot of times with judo, I don't think it's necessarily you know how good someone's technique is or anything like that. It's more just what they're able to kind of to to put up there and you know really, what they're able to put on the mat and, and leave it all out there. That's I guess some of the best fights, like um, like like I guess a Travis Stevens or um, Ole Bischoff fight, where you know it's just just a fight. So you know. Yeah, just it might not be pretty, but it's just it's it's all industry emotion from that. 
um, is what makes it. Um, you know, and that that was I, for me. I try to use that as a big inspirational kind of thing. As you know, you know, you, know, you, can, you can do it too. So um, easily my inspirational fight that one. Um, for myself, as we're all um, our hardest critics, um, um, I guess I would say. Oh, um, still struggling. I've, I've had that. I've had, I'm sure would have had this whole podcast to think of it. I can't think of anything. Um, uh, I, I'd say maybe, maybe my first world championships. Um, my first. Um, this. Uh, my first round fight there. Um, I was. That was, it would have been 2010. Just, I think that was a combination of just everything coming together on that day. I was lucky to get my first win at a world championships, and that's what you always remember your first. Um, and look, I've never been the prettiest kind of fighters. Like I, you know, I, um, I'm big on gripping. I, I, I like grip fighting a lot, um, and I was just able to just to implement what I could. Attacks attacked a lot. Um, and that's, I guess, one of my performances I'm most happy with. So I'll, I'll go with that one. So I think it's an oh. <laughs> easy one to go with. So that was uh, World's 2010. Did you get ninth? Ninth, ninth, yep, yep. Cool. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, go on. Give us your the last one, the one um, that we all want to see. What is it? Well, I'm still very, uh, still very junior in my career at the moment. Um, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a bonus. I'll give you a bonus too. I'll give you my, my best, um, singles and my best tag team. So, um, okay. that's good. <laughs> uh, uh, my first one would actually be what I consider my, my first real match that I, I did have a couple matches before this one in particular. Um, but generally they're considered, you know, they were pretty quick if you know what I mean. This match was against um, what was mentioned earlier against um, Big Ali. Um, it was a combination of our rivalry at the time. Um, since first joining um, the company I worked for, Melbourne City Wrestling, he um, kind of stuck his nose in my business from the very get-go. From when I signed with the company, wasn't a bit jealous of, I guess, the attention that I was getting at the time. And we were fighting and brawling before that. We couldn't keep out of each other's matches, and. It, came down to one match in um, December of 2016 um, and it was I guess yeah what I'd consider my first um, um, showcase of um, a, a, out of a full match of myself and um, I was I'm really proud of it because it was much because of it being my first time having a match like that and um, most probably it being a lot better than I thought it could be like it, um, and yeah, end up being um, a win for me. Um, uh, by by uh, KO, so like a, a, a choked Ali out with an arm triangle, which he did not tap out for, and yeah, went unconscious. So that was um, <laughs> also also a bit ridiculous saying out. Loud, but, no, um, not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that kind of um, from that match onwards, the rivalry did not end, and end up being like I said, me and Ali are currently in a tag team ourselves, um, and we had a match I think last month um, against a team called the Brat Pack, which is um, to. Like I guess you'd say you have your um, footy, uh, soccer hooligans, your football hooligans. What you guys know, these guys are mate, the Australian rules football equivalent. So the the nasty pieces of work themselves. Um, had a match against them, um, and for me, kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit. It was most probably the first time I was able to be not like myself, or even like a judoka, you know, being real respectful and all that kind of stuff. I was a little bit zany and crazy and able to show a lot of uh, character um, with it. And that's the first time I was able to do it and make it feel like a natural kind of process. And I had a lot of fun with it. So it was, it was a real, just, it was a really good crowd. And just um, one of those, th- before the match happened, wasn't sure how it was going to go because it was just, um, a weird set of circumstances were quite larger than what they are 
So um, to make it um, uh, seem like it's a plausible kind of matchup was always going to be a hard thing, but it ended up coming off a lot better than I had hoped. So I was really happy with that one. Awesome. Um, what I try and do is I try and find uh, like footage of all of the videos on YouTube and, and stick them up on the, the website. And sometimes I'm unsuccessful, but um, I will try and get as many of them up, uh, or even the highlights if they're <laughs> somewhere. And I'm not infringing on someone's rights and um, just link them to, to the website. But that's really cool. Yeah, and then I guess the other thing would be if a young athlete was to approach you and say, look, I want to do exactly what you've done, what would be the bit of advice that you'd like to pass on? Yeah, this is uh, most probably the, I, this is a bit of advice I do actually give to a, um, any kind of guys that yeah are trying to come up through through judo. Um, it's really just I guess persistence and um, just sticking with it because as we all know, at the end of the day, sometimes it's not just the it's not the most talented or um, the most naturally gifted kind of guys that make it. It's the guys that are just stubborn that don't quit. I think um, myself, like, yeah, I was never the most technically gifted or anything like that, but I just um, just said no to quitting <laughs> and, to, you know, being a hypocrite now because I have quit. But um, uh, I, that's what, I guess, got me a lot of the opportunities and um, everything I have. Just, just, you know, rocking up on those days that you don't want to be there. And, you know, those days are the days you have the most growth and um, – what you learn the most from so really just this rearing up you, you know and showing up every day and just being there and just um you know when adversity kind of hits you just keep coming don't don't stop because um you know it, it'll all pay off eventually awesome um jake i really appreciate you coming on mate uh before we go if people want to follow you or find out a little bit more about what's going on with your wrestling where can they find you they can find me on twitter at jake andrew arthur uh on instagram that's a bit of a newer one for me i think that's jake underscore andrew arthur and facebook um i think it's jake andrew arthur judo or something like that so um yeah those are the best places to find me i'll update them currently with my um professional wrestling career and um there's a few judo tidbits that poke in every now and then <laughs> once again it's been an absolute pleasure having you on thank you very much for your time i hope to catch up with you soon thank you very much james i really appreciate it mate huge thanks to jake for the interview i thought he was absolutely brilliant um i'd love to have him back on a bit further down the line to hear how his his new career is going from, you can you can clearly tell he's an incredibly humble guy who comes from i guess one of the most unlikely backgrounds to maybe end up as an Olympian and, and Commonwealth uh, medalist. Um, we talk about Fitz in the show. He, my coach, he's my coach and he's someone I'd love to get on the podcast in the future. So listen out for that one. Again, no outro music. So if you've got any ideas of what would sound good at the start, at the end of the show, get in touch on Facebook or Twitter. It's at Original Judo Pod. And go away and share and retweet the episode. And make sure you leave a review wherever you got this from. Till next time, catch you later.